Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today for this Mindset Monday episode, we're actually going to uh, switch it up, and we're doing a featured interview. So I was featured recently on the Strong John Fitness Podcast. I was actually on three or four different podcasts uh, just a couple weeks ago uh, in one week, and it was really fun jumping on a bunch of podcasts. Um, I'm getting on more interviews, and sometimes we do a conversation, and I ask them, I'm like, hey, man, I'm recording on this end. Can I use this? Because this was a great question, uh, a great podcast full of great questions. And oftentimes, especially in this one, I got to share my story in a different light than I have before on the podcast. And we went into kind of different areas of that story um, that lead into a bunch of different topics, really. So he, he titled the podcast, The Power of Self-Discipline. So you can imagine there's a lot of conversation of mental fortitude, grit, hard work, uh, self-discipline, obviously. Um, and that's why I wanted to use it for a Mindset Monday podcast, because I talk for over an hour on my story and what has allowed me to develop more self-discipline and what role that plays in building your physique, building a business, building a good life. Um, he's also a parent, so we dove into being a good parent, being a successful entrepreneur while being a good parent, what balance really means. So um, it's a very well-rounded podcast. Uh, it's on the Strong John Fitness Podcast, so we'll link that in the description of this podcast. Um, it just recently aired. So uh, I think you guys are going to like this one. It's called The Power of Self-Discipline. Um, if you do enjoy it, make sure you share it on Instagram. Instagram. Give us both a share. I'll link both of our Instagram handles in the description of this podcast. Uh, and without any further ado, let's get on to this episode of uh, the Strong John Fitness Podcast titled The Power of Self-Discipline featuring yours truly, Cody McBroom. Welcome back to the podcast today. We have a very special guest. This man is honestly one of my you know favorite coaches uh, online. I'd love to kind of you know hook up one day in person um, whether it's a workout or just just a chat, um, but it's Cody McBroom. Cody McBroom uh, used to be Boom Boom Training, if I'm not mistaken. Boom Boom Performance. Boom Boom Performance. That's the one. Yeah, which is honestly a super fun name. I have a buddy whose nickname was Boom Boom, um, so that I was kind of stuck to. But now it's it's Tailored Coaching Method, which I think is is even better. Uh, and you talked about the creation of that name, but um, yeah, Cody McBroom. I love it if you can just you know introduce yourself, talk about you know what got you here and and we'll take it from there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, it means a lot, dude. Um, man, who am I? Uh, my name is Cody McBroom. My nickname has been Cody boom, boom McBroom for since high school. And, uh, so it, you know, I, I graduated high school, uh, an injured soccer player that was overweight. And, uh, that is kind of what sent me down the path of fitness. I was going to community college for business and I just could care less about school to be honest with you. And, um, it was finally time to try to rehab my knee and I did not know what I was doing whatsoever, which sent me down a path of really just luck and coincidental circumstances, man. I was going to a community college that was nearby, but it just happened to be the only community college with the top rated health and fitness coach program in the entire country when it comes to not getting your bachelor's or master's, um, but even top three when it came to personal tr training, including those because of the way they structured the program being more centered towards becoming a coach versus 
um, being an expert in kinesiology, which doesn't always apply directly to coaching, right? There's a gap there. Um, and uh, I ended up going at that school. A, a guy happened to walk past me and noticed that I was trying to rehab my knee very poorly, not knowing what I was doing in the college gym. And uh, he happened to be somebody who was a collegiate rower, a strength conditioning coach. He trained Olympic swimmers. He worked with Deion Sanders at one point, some of the people on the Tampa Buccaneers. Um, I mean, he just had such a crazy resume and knew so many people in the industry for, for the people who have been in this industry or know some old heads that are just legends. I mean, Dan John, Michael Boyle, Gray Cook, uh, Charlie Weingroff. Uh, I mean, just so many people that were phenomenal at what they did. And I got to meet a lot of those people because of him. Um, but I mean, long story short, I basically, I ended up ditching my class one day, popped into his, fell in love, told my parents I was going to just go all in on this fitness thing. Um, and, uh, understandably they said, no, <laughs> they said, uh, you're going to college for something that we know you'll be able to use. You've been training for a month. <laughs> they didn't tell me I was still overweight, but I was still overweight at the time. It was kind of just like, what are you talking about? So naturally as a, as a, as a kid, um, that was somewhat irresponsible and a, a go-getter at the same level, I forged my dad's signature, changed my degree and went all in on fitness. And I told him two or three quarters later, as I would kept making sure to get the mail before he did. <laughs> and, uh, and eventually, obviously, he, he was just like, you know what, you're, you're really passionate about this, keep going. And, and that's what I did, man. I kept going, I got an internship. All the while, I was just writing for the school newspaper. I was trying to write for different websites online, just blogging, because that was like pre-social media days. And uh, I ended up getting an internship, then I got a job. I trained people in person for six and a half years while writing a blog almost every single week, eventually starting a podcast, getting on Instagram, doing all that. Um, and, and from the start, you know, I, my interview for my internship, I said I was going to create an online business. I said I was going to create, I wanted to build a website that people went to, to seek out fitness information like T nation. That was the example I used back then. I remember nice. this because back in the day, T nation was the shit. Um, yeah. it's somewhat clickbaity now, nowadays, and most people know that, but, um, everyone's like, you find a good, uh, good article on T nation. And there's a lot of strength coaches that started out writing there, you know? So it was kind of like the, it was, it was a cool, like pinnacle point to look at. Um, and I wanted to create a website. Uh, he asked me how I'd make money. I said, I have no idea, but I know guys <laughs> like Nate Green and Jay Frugia are doing it. So I'm going to figure it out. And he, his exact response was train people every day for five years. You'll earn the right and experience to, to do something like that. Um, six and a half years later, I quit that job, gave up a hundred percent of my client roster to pursue the online business that I had, uh, coined as boom, boom performance. And, the rest is kind of history, man. I mean, eventually we changed the name because Boom Boom Performance was me and it didn't describe what we were doing whatsoever. Um, and it was only right for me to change the name to something more descriptive, um, something that represented my team, my members, the mission, what we're doing, not just who I am. Um, and ultimately, it's, it's uh, for business purposes. I mean, it's a, it's a phrase that a lot of coaches say when they're describing great coaching. They say tailored coaching or tailored programming, tailored nutrition. Um, so it was a smart move to, to be able to do that. And I was surprised when my lawyer said we could and <laughs> that nobody had nice. it yet. Um, and now uh, I run a business called Tailored Coaching Method. Uh, we have nine coaches, not including me, uh, yeah. a chief science officer who is a PhD uh, fitness and nutrition researcher. We have our chief operating officer. We have our admin, obviously, and then we have our full-time media guy. So it's, it's, it's grown quite a bit in the last four years because I started it in October 2017. So it's been a fast paced, almost four years, but it's been, I mean, it's my passion, man. Um, I have a daughter who is three and a half years old, my beautiful wife, Shannon, 
um, who actually they just left. She, they came in to run around the gym for a little bit and just <laughs> hang out for, for 20 minutes or so before I got on this. And, um, and here we are, man. That's awesome. Dude, dude, I've heard, I've heard the, the origin story on one of your podcasts. We talked about, you know, forging your dad's signature and you clearly have always had a, a drive for, for what you believe in and like, your content shows it, you know, anytime you listen to your podcast, like people can tell when they listen to you that like, you're all in with this and you want to help people where, you know, in 2021, you know, everyone's an online coach all of a sudden, whereas, you know, you've been doing this for time. Um, and it's funny, October, 2017, mine started October, 2016. And I can honestly say it did not have the same kind of start that you did. Um, I was that kid who didn't know what to do. Like I, I wanted to play hockey. And then other than that, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was overweight too. I was trying to get in shape and then fitness kind of fell in my lap in a sense where I had trainers kind of, I had a personal trainer who was a bodybuilder. I had trainers who were lacrosse players, hockey players who kind of helped me see other aspects of, of this. Um, and it wasn't until like I helped myself and my brother kind of go through a transformation that other people took notice and like, damn, like, do you coach? And I was like, no, but I probably should. And then that's kind of what leapfrogged me into it uh, almost five years ago. Now it's kind of crazy to feel like it was that, but you know, your, your work ethic clearly shows, like you said, you were blogging every week. So this was back in 2013, 14, when you were doing like trying to get all that. Yeah. Cause I graduated high school in 2010 and I graduated high school at 17 years old. And then I was started college in 2018. And I think I made it to maybe two quarters or semesters or whatever it is before switching mm. my degree. So it was very quick. Um, but I remember my 18th birthday. I have a summer birthday. That's when I was like, had my birthday in the middle of summer. And I was like, dude, something's got to change. Because I was 50 pounds overweight at that point. And that's when I started my journey when I was 18 years old. So um, that would have been 2010 into 2011 when I actually wow. started like pursuing this in college. And then, uh, by 2012, I had an internship and so on and so forth. It's been a 10 year journey. I sent essentially. Yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm 20. I can't picture right you 50 pounds overweight, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it. It's, it's crazy, man. I've al- I was always, uh, if you ask my mom, I was Husky. It was one of those things, you know, I was always, uh, I was always the Husky <laughs> kid in my group and I was always just a little chubbier. And, um, it was never like, I mean, I was definitely insecure. Like I didn't take off my shirt. I wasn't the, I usually skipped the lake and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until, um, junior year, no, I'm sorry, sophomore year of high school. I tore my meniscus in soccer. Um, and at this point, actually it was right after I started leaning out. Cause I started getting really into soccer. I made varsity as a freshman. Uh, and it was only me and one other person that made varsity as freshman. So I was, I was really good at soccer. Um, played a lot. My brother was on the team too. He was a senior. I was a, I was a freshman. And then sophomore year, um, I tore my meniscus. Uh, as I was the leading goal scorer for the first half of the year as a sophomore, it was cool. And then I tore my meniscus. I was out that year. Um, I rehabbed, recovered, and then I tore my ACL in the same knee, um, the next season. Um, so just, and then, you know, I ended up tearing my meniscus again, actually in 2019, um, because it was already torn again. I didn't know I actually had it torn for like four years. Um, So when I went in, cause I was rolling out of bed to get my daughter and it just snapped all the way. And they were like, yeah, you've had a buck handle tear. And so it was basically flipping in and out. And I would pop my knee and pop it back into place. And it was gnarly, man. Um, But essentially, those surgeries sent me back. And that's when I started gaining weight. So the first one, I gained probably like 20, 20 20-ish pounds. Got back to soccer. Maybe started losing a little bit of weight and then tore my ACL. And then it just piled on. And just partying and, you know. Um, So I ended up getting probably to like 210. I think I'm 5'9 and then I but I had no muscle. I hadn't weight trained a day in my life at that point ever, just soccer. Wow. And uh and then I dropped from 210 all the way down to like 
155, 160. And that's when I was like, okay, now I'm skinny. I need to build muscle. And I got really into lifting weights. So it was kind of like all the, you know, the wave of things. Yeah. Uh, You're yeah. about 170 ish now. Yeah. 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 That's solid. Yeah. 210. Yeah. I can't, I can't picture that with you. That's not so unreal. It's hard for me to picture, honestly. It's crazy. Yeah. That's funny, man. Um, yeah. I want to talk about like, I have a family, I have two kids. Now we have a puppy, which is, you know, just adds another layer and everything. How have you been able to balance your own fitness with the business? Cause you got the team now too. How, how has that journey been over the last, your daughter's three, three and a half. Yep. Yeah. How, how's that journey been since then? It's been a journey, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit that it, it wasn't easy. It still isn't easy. You know, it's, it's definitely something I've gotten much better at now. Um, and I think there, there's a few things, you know, part of my personality trait is, um, there's two things I'm like sem- somewhat obsessed with. One of them is personal development. So if I'm not constantly working on myself to be better for the people around me, to be better for my business, to be better for my fitness, like I, I, I almost can't live with myself. Like I always have to be doing something, reading something, and it's just part of me. And it's, it's never been uh, something that is obsessive to the point of negativity. It's always been a positive thing and it affects people around me. So part of that is communicating with my wife all the time. Like, what can I be doing better? Where, where can I be more for you? And sometimes to her, she's like, you need to chill. You're fine. And then other times she'll just be straight up with me. She's a blunt person. She'll be like, this is exactly where <laughs> you need to fix, uh, or, or work on. Um, but man, I, the first two years, uh, especially year and a half of my daughter being around, it was, uh, I was struggling with being present. I was struggling with managing my time. I was struggling being there for them. Um, and more so for my wife, because, you know, for the first year, especially my daughter didn't really need me. She needed my wife. She needed milk. She needed to be cuddled. She needed to be all of that with her. Um, and my wife stays home. So she needed her mom more than she needs her dad. You know, they get to a certain point where like, then it's like they can run, play, wrestle. Now dad comes in a little bit more often, but, um, but it was hard, man. My wife needed me more than I was there to be completely honest. And it was hard because I, when we found out my wife was pregnant, that was the moment where I quit my job. I was like, dude, I need to, this is my chance. So I spent two to three months transitioning my clients out just to be respectful of the gym owner and not burn bridges. Um, Mm. So, you know, three months into my wife's pregnancy, I was like kind of going all in. And then as soon as I left the gym, I just went all in. And in a matter of six months, the company exploded because I was just putting so much work and effort into it. So by the time my daughter was here, dude, I didn't even know what a managed schedule was. I was just going at full pace. And so it was really hard until about my daughter being one I started, you know, I had my assistant full-time. I got another coach. I started really understanding how to delegate things better. And as an entrepreneur, it's hard to let go sometimes. So like letting go of things. Um, For sure. And I think when my daughter was about two, I started really getting the hang of it. And I started getting better about it. And it's like, okay, like, babe, what time do you want me home? Not like, Mm -hmm. what time can I be home? Like, what time do you want me home? You know? And she said five. Like, I feel like that's normal. You know, Blakely goes down by eight. Now she's going down like 839. That gives mm-hmm. you a few hours with her, gives me a little bit of break, dinner, like, cool. Now I just figure everything else out in my schedule to make sure that I am done by five. So what does that look like? For a while, it was like, I got to wake up at 5 a.m. And <laughs> if, if that means I'm sleeping five, five and a half hours a night, I'll do it because I care about my family more than my sleep, which <laughs> isn't always the best decision. But for a temporary period of time, that's what I did. You know, now I sleep in until 6.30, sometimes 7, and I get more sleep because once I realized how much had to get done, I started looking at what needs to be delegated. What do I need to uh, give people raises to do more of? How can I hand this off and create systems around this, become more efficient about this, which is the second thing that I'm semi-obsessed with, and that's efficiency. 
How can I do this better? How can I do this faster? How can we create a system around this? And that, that applies to our clients. It applies to their fat loss. It applies to my schedule. It applies to everything. I mean, even to the point of putting reminders in my calendar to do nice things for my wife or for my family mm-hmm. or, or anything, you know, planning days to go visit my mom, anything like that. Because for some people, they look at it, it's like, that's sad. You need a reminder. And I'm like, I would rather not reflect or worry about how sad it is and worry about just fucking doing it to make the people happy around me. And that means I'm going to put a reminder on my schedule, you know, so um, that can't that, you know, there's a lot with that. But um, but ultimately, it's it's really just just constantly trying to personally develop, constantly trying to be efficient, having mentors in my life. I've never not had a a coach that was like a a life coach slash business coach. You know, there's always been a mentor in my life. Um, The one that I hire right now is somebody I've known for seven or eight years. Um, and he just never did this kind of thing until a couple of years ago. And as soon as he said he was doing it, I jumped all over it. Um, now he actually does personal development for my entire team. And I don't know many coaching nice. companies that actually pay a personal development coach to work with every single individual on their staff, which is, it's an investment, but it's, it makes them such better human beings outside of what they do for me that it's, it's worth it, you know, but, um, so yeah, man, I mean, a little bit of a rant, there was a lot there, but I think mm. ultimately it's, it's just this like this constant journey to be better personal development wise and then be more efficient. Cause the more efficient I can be, the more I don't have to sacrifice. And I think that's ultimately what everybody thinks you have to do. You know, it's like, I, I got into this and it's like, oh, well now you're having a kid. So you got to sacrifice this. Or like when you, when you, somebody's pregnant, it's like, oh, say goodbye to sleep. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well how can I optimize my body or health or sleep to make sure I don't have to sacrifice that? Why do I have to just say if I'm never sleeping again for the rest of my life, you know, or why yeah. do I have to say like, I can't run a company and have a, have a kid or be present with my family. Like why, why is balance have to do with time and not energy given, you know, and just questioning all these things and kind of directing it my own way ultimately led to being able to find my own balance and making sure everybody is happy. And it wasn't easy, but I think now we're finally at a place where me and my wife can look at each other and say we're very, very happy and, and um, content's not the right word because I think I'm always chasing more, but um, mm-hmm. we're very fulfilled with where everything is at now. Yeah, that's big, man. Yeah, that's you dropped a lot of golden nuggets there. And it's, it's true. I find even if you're an entrepreneur or not, I think people just like accept things mm-hmm. because it's the norm. And that's why, like, I've loved listening to your podcast, reading your stuff, because you're, you're not about accepting because you're always about personal development. Something I've been trying to do more consistently is, is read, really dive into more personal development stuff. Um, but again, I, th- that's where my hard part is, is, is the balance between, between being present with the family, spending more time, as I call it, the dungeon down here where my gym and my office is, and, and having that, especially with, you know, a near five-year-old and an eight-month-old. And my wife, which I, you know, I never want to neglect. It's it's busy. Um, how do you stay present? You know, like as a coach, you know, as an entrepreneur, like nobody cares about our business the way we do, right? How do you stay off your phone? How do you not respond to any messages? If you think about a post, do you do you jot it down quickly. How do you stay in the moment with your family? Yeah, this has been uh, a huge battle, and I think um, a big part of it again is, is like, I got to give kudos to my mentor helping me. Um, he also coaches my wife too. So this guy is like, I mean, he's nice. crushing it with, with the boom, boom family. I mean, um, but, uh, but he's just, I mean, he's just such a, such a good person, but, um, being able to have better communication with her has helped because number one, if she calls me out on not being present in the moment, I get defensive. I can't help mm-hmm. it. It's just my reaction. I try to work on it, but if we can communicate about that when it's on a, separate occasion, we can both go, Hey, mm-hmm. like if you catch me not being present, just hold on to that. And then when we're, when we're in a different moment, bring it up and be like, Hey, 
I noticed that, you know what I mean? And then now I can reflect and go in a non-defensive way, go, fuck, okay, you're right. I did do that. Let me work on that. You know, um, we've done things in the past where it's like phone on the counter. You know, um, if we go on date night, phones in the purse, no matter what, like that's um, key. And as you know, when you have kids, you got to have one phone ready and available. So like a lot of times if we're out and doing stuff and about, we just have her phone on ring and we turn Mm -hmm. mine on do not disturb because hers is going to go off. If, if the babysitter's calling, mine's going to go off every single time a notification happens or anything, (laughs) which um, is rule number one and staying present and not letting your phone or your notifications control your presence and your energy is keeping your phone on do not disturb 24 seven, not on a timer, not on, if it's always on silent and it's always on do not disturb, you check it when you're ready to check it. And you have a very, very scarce list of favorites because those favorites are going to get through the do not disturb when they call and you have a rule with the people on those favorites for those people. There are people who an emergency rises. Those people might call me and the rule is call me twice. If it's, if it's actually an emergency, if I don't answer, I definitely saw it. I'm choosing not to answer. And it's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because I'm busy and I have to mm-hmm. stay focused. And so like with my wife, she knows if I answer your call, it's going to distract me and take me away from what I'm doing. If it takes me away from what I'm doing, I'm not going to get off work on time or I'm going to get off on time with things left to be done. And that's going to distract me when I'm home right? She probably doesn't fully get it because she's not an entrepreneur. But if I can get her to just accept it and understand from my point of view, then she'll accept it. She'll call me twice if it's an emergency, you know, and that's happened once ever. Um, and this is, and it actually happened when she was pregnant and this, so this has been a rule of ours for a long time. She understands. I understand. It just works. Right. So I have that conversation with my dad, with my mom, the only people that are on that list. Um, and then from there, uh, a big thing too, is, is when you're time blocking throughout the day, And when you're talking to clients, remembering that like nothing is so unbelievably important that it needs to be answered right now. Right. And a lot of times coaches make it very, very important to, you know what I mean? So like if I have an idea for a post, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll take a note. Um, If I'm on a time block and my alarm goes off because the time block is done and I'm like three quarters of the way, this task is not more important than the next task. So my job is to close the laptop, pick it up on my next time block, whether Dude, it's tomorrow yeah, or next that's a tough one, man. Yeah. Very tough. But if you don't, it gets into the next one, it gets the next one. And then one of two things happens. Either A, you leave something completely out or B, you end up working late, which pulls you away from your family. And then that's going to, that's going to affect you way worse in the long run because the guilt, the emotions, the, the stress at home, like that stuff weighs on you. And then you go into work the next day. You just can't even think because mm-hmm. you know, the whole like happy wife, happy life thing. It's 100% true. The person you care about 100%. the most is going to be on your mind, you know? Um, so that's a big one is just sticking to those time blocks. And then remembering too, like if a client emails you, a client texts you, whatever, they'll be okay. They're not dying. They just want to know what's the better option. Is it white rice or brown rice? And you can tell yeah. them tomorrow. And oftentimes I say, Hey, like I didn't get that. You know, I was off the clock. What did you end up going with and see what they say? If they nice, give yeah, you a okay. good answer, it's like, that's awesome. That's exactly what I would have done. That means you're learning. I'm really proud of you. You're actually instilling autonomy in them. If you constantly handhold them and give them the answer, you're actually not teaching them much. So sometimes it's actually more beneficial to just leave it. Um, but I just, I have my hours, man. Like after it hits five, I'm done. The only time, the only thing I do after five is I will, um, if I have uh, calls that go over, which usually they don't ever, but sometimes I'll call like 4.30 on my way home. Maybe I'm a few minutes late because I don't want to hang up with the person. Nothing crazy, um, but I will occasionally, like I go on a walk every night by myself um, at night once the daughter's down and just go walk around the neighborhood. Sometimes I answer DM questions on my walk mm. and I don't really consider that work because I'm just having fun, just answer questions, like I'm going to walk and that's it. But outside of that, like, I just, I just don't go on there. You know, if a post goes out, it's already created, already scheduled. It's, it's, that's a done deal. I don't have to think about it. It's mindless. Um, and, and that's, 
that goes into the time blocks. I create posts two weeks in advance. So I just have like 20 nice. posts just waiting. So when I do go post, just click done. And then I can get off Instagram instead of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of little things here, but I mean, dude, you can create inbox folders in your inbox. You can pause your inbox when you need to pause it. You have, uh, I have like journal practices. I have time block practices. I have uh, in between like breathing and meditation and walking drills to do between tasks to refresh nice. my brain. And this comes down to getting kind of obsessive about personal development and efficiency, man. And, and it's a lot of little cheesy things that add up in the long run and make you way more efficient. And if you're more efficient, I truly believe you can be more present at home because that's ultimately what it is. If you're not efficient and you get distracted at work, you go home and you're distracted at home because you have stuff to do. Um, so understanding that you can leave it for tomorrow, understanding that you can finish time block without finishing the task, understanding that you're an entrepreneur, you never finish the to-do list. It's literally endless. So it's, it's sure. like getting obsessed with it is just you're shooting yourself in the foot and I've done it. But all of these things come down to communicating and becoming more efficient during your day so that you can go home and you can just, you can just be present, you know? And I think that's, that's ultimately, it's, it's, it sounds very simple and it is, it's just not easy to do for a lot of people. And that's where, like I said, my coach accountability, you know, making sure I'm communicating, making sure I'm doing the shit that I say I'm going to do and using the tactics properly. Um, that's ultimately what it's about. Yeah. You're like the world's most disciplined man, man. I, that's where I like, I like time blocks. But at the same time, like you said it, you know, you can finish the time block without finishing the task. Like to me, I've always had a hard time where it's like, yes, I have the time block, but it's the task that like needs to get done. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very guilty of it. I'm very guilty of going over time blocks or letting work drip into the evening because I get distracted during the daytime. Like hundred percent, that's me. That's something I've been fighting with for, for so long now. And it's, it's more just getting disciplined and just getting down to nitty gritty and doing that stuff. Um, but that's great. You shared a lot of, of golden nuggets there. And communication is huge. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm super lucky. Like my wife's probably going to be staying at home once Matt leaves up and, and we've talked about it and we'll continue to talk about it to see where she's at, but she's been my biggest supporter. Like I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. Um, so like being communicative and asking her like, you know, do you want me here at these times? Like, what would you like my schedule to look like as an entrepreneur? It's tough because, you know, like you said, we can work on our business all the time, like 24 seven, there's something else that we can always do. Um, but it's not about that, right? It's about doing what we you know, what will help the business grow, but you know, fulfill life in, in other aspects as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's huge, man. And, and it's the same thing with my wife. I remember having the conversation with her of like, Hey, like, you know, she's pregnant and I'm, I come home and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to quit the job at work. And I think I'm going to really push this online thing. And I want you to not go back. You're on maternity leave. I want you to not go back. And she was like, I'm going to support you. I want you to push. I want you to do this online thing, but I'm not committing to not going back. Not because I don't think you could support it, but because I'm independent and I don't need you to do that for me. And I was like, sure. okay. <laughs> and then she saw my daughter's face in the hospital and immediately was like, I'm not going back. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, uh, which was what I wanted, but I think like you need that support system at home and your environment's got to be supportive of it. And I also think too, the, the communication piece to get them to understand better. Cause if you're not an entrepreneur, it is hard to understand entrepreneur tendencies quite a bit, you know? Um, same thing if anybody is, has ever dated a bodybuilder, it's like, there's certain things that people are just like, what are you doing? Like, I don't get it. What's the point? Like, why are you measuring that chicken? Chicken's healthy. I don't, I don't get it. And it's like, yeah. just don't worry about my, my food scale. And you know, I won't worry about what you like to do. Um, but it, it is, it's communication, man. And, uh, the self-discipline thing I, I think can shoot you in the foot. Um, a good example of that is, you know, I, I was like on the five, five thirty AM kick for a long time. And it was like, the sooner I get up, the more shit I can get done, which to an extent mm -hmm. was true. But as my daughter's bedtime went later, 
So did ours because I still want time with my wife at night, just us two. And so her bedtime went from seven to eight to nine and where it is now. And my wake up time stayed at five, but my bedtime went from nine to uh-huh. 10 to 11, you know? And so the aura ring has just kicked my ass and I'm just reading it. I'm like, fuck. So actually just recently I was like, you know what? Cause for the longest time when you're very self-disciplined, you just go, I don't care. Like I'm, yeah, got this. I'll grind, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to test out waking up at six thirty-seven instead. Give myself an hour, hour and a half extra sleep. And I haven't got off work late since. Why is that? Is nice. because I'm more well rested and I'm more efficient throughout the day. So there's, there's times where the self-discipline needs to take a back seat, but I do think it's an underrated tool. A lot of people ask me productivity tips and I'm like, put your phone in the drawer of your desk on do not disturb. Yeah. It's the easiest fucking thing, but it, it's, it's self-discipline to be able to not pull it out when you're bored or you want to check Instagram or whatever, you know, nothing is so important that it needs your attention right now, unless it's a loved one calling you two times in a row. And that's the rule, that's you know, that's it. That's the golden rule. I love that. And that's yeah. awesome. Um, I'd love to talk about the aura ring actually, because you've mentioned a couple times what's, um, I don't want to say sell me on it, but like, what is it about the aura ring? Have you found it has a positive impact on, on your health and then how you operate? Yeah. Um, I do. <laughs> the funny, the thing, the reason I bought it is, is so one of my good friends, Sam Miller kept trying to convince me to get it. Um, uh, probably like over a year or two ago and I just was just like nah bro I'm good like I don't I don't wear rings and uh and then like obviously I had a wedding ring which is I just replaced the wedding ring with it because my wedding ring was black looks the same um but I uh, I have eczema so I have sensitive skin and the apple watch just fuck, I would just break out uh, and then I was like okay I'm gonna get rid of this and I got a g-shock that counted steps same thing that's all I wanted was just I just want a step count same thing happened the silicone um, so I was finally like, all right, I'll get the aura ring and I'll just be able to, you know, track my steps. But then the sleep thing was just so massive, man. I mean, being able to see, uh, one of the big things for me was, uh, seeing how long it takes me to fall asleep because there's a sweet spot. If it takes you too long, you're restless. If it takes you, like, if you just fall asleep immediately, you're burnt the fuck out, right? You mm. need sleep. And, uh, and I always prided myself in like, oh, when I hit the sack, my wife gets pissed. We're like, late, I watch TV. I'm, I'm out, rock, done. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so as I'm tracking my latency, how long it takes me to fall asleep, most days, dude, there was plenty of days where it'd be literally two minutes and a sweet spot is 15 to 20 minutes and it would be two really? minutes and it'd be a red flag. Like you are falling asleep so fast that you are over fatigued. You need to slow down. And I'm like, wow. whoa, I thought it was a good thing that I just crashed right away. <laughs> Nope, you're too damn tired, dude. So um, that was huge because it was like, okay, like maybe maybe I'll pay attention to that a little bit more. And then I'm like, well, I'm in bed for seven hours, but then I look and I'm only getting five hours and 45 minutes because I don't sleep the whole time. I'm like, fuck, mm. I didn't realize that. Then I saw how many times I woke up to pee and I'm like, man, I'm going to stop drinking diet soda at fucking 9 p.m., you know? And so I started changing all these little things and ultimately my sleep just got better. I paid more attention to my fatigue, uh, my signals of, of stress and biofeedback that I push on my clients all the time. Um and yeah, it's just, I just, dude, I just feel better. Generally just feel better for sure. I love it. Yeah. yeah. You t- and that's the thing too, like that is everywhere in terms of, you know, you got the ring fitness data information, but you're taking the data and, and applying yeah. the changes that I mean, that's the key here, right? And everyone can read an article or a blog and say, yeah, they know the thing, but until they apply it, you know, it's essentially useless. Yeah. So you've been able to kind of take the the sleep patterns and, and the, or lack thereof uh and, and change things so like what did you what did you do when you saw like that that sleep was like you're falling asleep too fast like what was the first thing you changed first thing i changed there is is uh honestly talking to my wife and going all right i just want to go up to bed a little bit sooner just simple okay you know yeah. um let's lay in bed and watch tv a little bit so then like and that should probably shave maybe 20 minutes but still it was like 
20 minutes. Cool. And the big thing was just, man, I just set my alarm later. There was just one day where I was like, all right, I'm not, my alarm's not going off 530. It's going off at 630. That's, I just got to do it because if I lay in bed for seven and I only get six, that means if I lay in bed for eight, I'll get seven. Right. And, and chronically it was like, I was laying in bed for just under seven and I was never getting over six hours of sleep, which was less than I thought when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, I get like six to seven. And I'm just wrong. You know, I look at the clock before I like lay down and then I look at the clock when I wake up. That's what I was using. That's what most people do. Um, but I just wasn't getting that sleep. So the biggest thing has been literally just changing it to 630 and I wake up. And the thing I noticed most is I went from drinking three cups of coffee in the morning to one and not because nice. I love drinking coffee from a social perspective because I love coffee. Mm-hmm. But I just would drink a cup and I would just be working and working and working. And then I just realized like, holy shit, hours have gone by. I've only had one cup of coffee, you know? And it was like, man, that is huge. It's um, a big deal. Yeah. Training has been better too. I've, I have noticed that as well. Um, and this could be just proper reverse dieting or not, but I've increased my carbs by like 65 grams, I think. And I haven't done anything different. Same program, same car, like nothing different besides just more sleep. And I'm not saying that sleep is burning that many more calories. I think I'm just better utilizing my nutrition. You know, I'm training harder. Yeah. Flowing better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And in perfect segue, because one of your posts, I think it was yesterday's post or two days ago, was talking about biofeedback and people who are chronically dieting, dieting. How do you, how do you kind of tackle biofeedback with, with clients? Yeah. You go one by one down the, down the threshold. How do you do it? Yeah. We're, we somewhat tailored to the person, no pun intended, but, um, you know, we're, we're tracking everything. Uh, we have, I mean, at this point, our trackers and our, our formulations just look really sick and they're really, really smooth and just easy to use because we've learned and got so much feedback now and we've tweaked and adjusted and even brought in like Excel experts to make what we want to make. Um, but just tracking the main things on a daily basis, sleep, stress, mood, motivation. Um, and then sometimes it's hunger and craving. Sometimes it's digestion that, that fifth one kind of depends on the person recovery, whatever. But, um, if I can see how many hours you're sleeping, um, I can see if you're motivated to train and eat right and follow your goals in the morning. So when you wake up on a scale of one to five, how motivated are you to just be better to just do you. That's a huge sign of, of diet fatigue and overtraining. Um, if you're not motivated because the central nervous system will shut down motivation real quick. Um, Obviously, uh, performance and recovery, we have to have some kind of aspect of that. Like, are you recovering from what we're doing, both dietary and training-wise? Um, even if we're not training you and we're just doing nutrition, we still want to know because we're going to influence that. Um, mm. And then stress levels. You know, where are your stress levels at? How stressed are you? So on and so forth. Um, and if we have all these things, I can essentially just know, are we heading in the right direction? Is there some red flags? Do we need to take a diet break soon? Do we need to pull back training soon? Um, or do I just need to ask you, hey, is, and this is just a coaching tip, is there anything going on in your life? Like, is there any mm-hmm. outside? Because it's not always diet fatigue. Sometimes, like, man, we're only 10 weeks in. It, we're not in a huge deficit. Protein's high enough. Your training's not crazy. But, like, your biofeedback's been shit the last two weeks. What's going on? Oh, you're going through a yeah. divorce. Like, let's talk, you know. Being a transparent, open, and, and trustworthy coach is huge because there's things outside of training and nutrition that will greatly affect training and nutrition. You know, and those are times where you go, hey, like we can push through this diet, but I would highly recommend that we pull back into maintenance just for a little bit. Like, let's get through this rocky area in your emotional, personal life, and then we'll jump back into the diet. It's not going to regress you. It's just going to push, put the pause button on things. Um, and, and that's huge. But essentially, we're tracking some of these on a daily basis, along with macros and weight. For most clients, obviously, there's some clients who don't track macros. Most of ours do. Um, and for those who don't know how or think that um, it's going to be obsessive or that they can't handle or whatever, we usually just educate them on how they actually do have full um, ability to do so. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we have a weekly, obviously, as well, which is all of the above and then some, but on a weekly basis. And then some questions, you know, like uh, just surrounding, how are things going? How, like, what do you want to improve on? How can I help you more? Um, what are your thoughts of this week? Like really getting them to reflect, partially just for them, because I want you to reflect on everything you're doing sure. and partially on me, you know? Um, and then there's review processes during the journey as well, where we take a break, you know, every three months or so. And, and we go, Hey, let's reflect back. And we're like really pinpointing the things that they might be missing. Cause there's plenty of clients who they're crushing it, but maybe their weight's not changing, especially mm-hmm. if the weight might not actually even be the goal. And because the weight's not changing, they neglect to see the positives and all the wins, which yes. is very, very common, you know? <laughs> But if we can sit back every month or every few months and have like a review and go, hey, look at all these fucking wins you're accomplishing, ignore the scale. Like, because that's not the only thing, nor is it the thing that we're trying to even accomplish. But all these things are part of the big picture that we're after. You're killing it. I applaud you, you know, and then we can move forward and just yeah. keep them, keep them adherent. I love it. And, and a big part of that is, is just setting expectations from the get-go, right? Yeah. In terms of like letting them know what may or may not happen with the scale and, and it's really not the end all be all, but you brought up something interesting that I'd love your take on it. And how would you explain to someone who is almost like a beginner, what not recovering looks like? Cause a lot of people might not understand and they might just think, Oh, I'm not pushing hard enough or I need to push harder. Mm-hmm. When in fact you said like, you got to pull back. How do you explain that to kind of a beginner trainee? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's some obvious signals and then there's some not so obvious signals. I typically, find that the obvious ones hit beginners more uh, and the not so obvious ones are the ones that we really have to have hard talks with the advanced people with. Um, but for, for beginners, the easier, the, the simple ones to notice is, is number one, obviously DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, yeah. um, which can be a lack of proper nutrition to fuel proper recovery, or it could be just too much training. Um, and you're not going to recover from that because you don't have the experience level to do so. You know, there's some people who have the experience level to do so, but unless you go into a high surplus, you're just not going to recover from that much training. And if your goal isn't weight gain, then you're not going to be in a high surplus. So we just have to recognize DOMS for beginners. It might have nothing. I don't care how much food you eat. You're just doing too much, you know? So delayed onset muscle soreness usually kicks in about 36 hours afterwards. I would say, um, about, you know, a day and a half, two days later. Um, and if it lingers for longer than three or four days, I mean, you're just doing too much. That's kind of my rule of thumb. You know, if you're a beginner or if you're an intermediate advance and you just change programs, you swap into a new thing and you don't get sore at all. I actually think you're not pushing hard enough. You're not doing enough or, um, yeah, I just don't think you're pushing to the threshold because, you know, muscle soreness is an indication of muscle damage. Muscle damage doesn't directly mean muscle growth. They've, they've explained this quite extensively because you can absolutely grow without muscle damage. However, if you're never experiencing muscle damage, I have a hard time believing you're tiptoeing into the threshold that's going to create muscle growth. And even if you're a female listening who just wants fat loss and you're like, I don't care about getting bigger, it still applies to you because that signal is going to be the same thing when we're trying to lose fat. Um, but if you're never getting sore, to me, that just means you're not pushing the boundaries. You're not challenging yourself enough. You're not probably not reaching a level of intensity or RPE or RIR that is actually significant enough or close enough in proximity to failure to actually create any kind of stimulus. Um, now, if you start a program, let's say it's a four-week block, and you're sore as hell every week, you're just doing too much, right? Mm-hmm. You're sore week one, and you're like, oh, my God, it's going to be a good program. And then week two, three, four, you're not sore, and you're just progressing. That's perfect, you know? That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say all week, if I do legs on Monday, and I'm sore, my legs are sore until Wednesday, but then my upper body's sore from Wednesday to Friday, <laughs> like, that's great. You know what I mean? It's different areas. But if I do legs on Monday, and my quads hurt until the next Monday, you just did too much. You went yeah, overboard. 
you know, and sometimes if somebody, if somebody's really dialed in, they can look at that and go, man, I calculated my volume. I've done it. Like I'm not overtraining. Well, at that point, like you have other stressors in your life that are not allowing you to recover fully, right? Or your nutrition isn't on point. Uh, but that's the most obvious one uh, for, for a lot of beginners to notice. And uh, I would say joint pain and, and stuff goes with that too, aches and pains okay. in general. Um, one that's not so obvious is uh like depression would be an extreme version of this, but moodiness, man, like, and especially really? in advanced individuals, because, um, if you're, if you really fry the nervous system by just training too much and going to overtraining, you're legitimately somewhat depressed. And I've experienced this. I actually experienced this right when we had uh, my daughter because I didn't change my training schedule. I had a garage gym. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm pushing through this. I'm going <laughs> to be a fit dad. And, uh, I just, with stress, sleep, and honestly the stress of being a new parent mentally, not because I was even, I mean, I was pretty damn busy because the business was exploding. I was not getting as much sleep, but there's like this like constant paranoia of, are they okay? Did they yeah, call? Oh yeah. Are they crying? <laughs> are they dying? Are they like, did they fall? You know, it's like yeah, yeah. nonstop paranoia. Um, but I legitimately was like having questions of myself of like, dude, why am I so sad and just moody and just, uh, I just like, don't have a feeling like I just feel gray. Like yeah. I have a great business. I just had a beautiful daughter. What is going on? And it was literally like I was, I, I literally jumped into a program, funny enough, from T Nation that I, I use, this Christian Thibodeau program that I love. And I love Christian Thibodeau. I know him personally. He's a great dude, super smart. But it's a very, very intense, full body, five day a week. Like, holy shit. You don't go below 80 to 85% of one rep max. Like, it's just, it's like a full body compound circuit. And it's a blast, dude. It's so fun. And I remember doing it when I was like 21 and I just, my lifts exploded. And I was like, I needed a surge of motivation to train hard again. I was like, this is it. I'm going to go back to this program. It's going to be fun. And the first week was a blast. And then week two and three, I was just sad. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> so, but, but the mood, the depression, the motivation, um, that kind of feeling is, mm. is very uh, apparent when you're overtraining. Um, and then immune function. Like if you're getting sick, if you're just oh, getting yeah. like the sniffles or anything like that, um, you're, you're going overboard, you know, a good mm. balance is if you're never getting sick, you're probably really strong and strength training and cardio will boost your immune system and help you quite a bit. But if you're getting sick often, it's because you're just overtraining your immune system. Too much. Yeah. Um, but those are the kind of the things that I have clients looking at just to make sure that they're, they're actually fully recovering. Love that. Yeah. That's, that's really in depth. And that's you essentially over the last 10 minutes has explained the benefits of having a real coach and not just jumping program to program online and finding random things to do. It's like you need, and I tell every new client this in the first call is like the check-in form is one of the most important parts of this mm -hmm. entire process, because you need to look at, you know, what do you think you're doing well? And where do you think you need more help? Like, how do you feel about the process and like what's going on with your life? Um, and, and the clients that are the most open, the most communicative with me do the best yeah, because they, they let me in, they let me help them. You know, if I have to, you know, push them or, or lead them it is what it is. But you know, that, that process you just explained is huge. And I'm sure that's why, you know, clients of yours see the results they see, because, you know, you guys are in the process with your team. Um, you jump in them. Um, I'd love to know just cause I am a solopreneur. What was it like? I'll call it relinquishing control, but what was it like building the team and, and not doing everything? Cause I have a bit of a hard time, you know, not controlling every piece of the puzzle. You know, at first you almost like, I don't want to say you have to, cause I don't think it's necessarily like something you should do, but mm. for most people you end up doing it. And I think it's like, you end up not really giving up and giving up any of the control. And at some point somebody just does something 
without you realizing it and it goes really well and then you kind of get a slap in the face of like okay dude you're not that good <laughs> you know like you're you're, you're not the sure. only one who can do this um because at first I I just I brought on my assistant and it was basically like I just need you to help me with my schedule. Just make sure like, you know, when leads come in, you're setting up my calls. When I'm doing podcasts, you're scheduling my interviews and, and like uh, sending out client gifts, like just simple stuff, right? But she took one look at my schedule and was like, you're just chaos. Like this doesn't make any sense. I was like, you can do whatever you want with it just as long as I can read it. And it was so much smoother and better and I got so much more efficient. That was kind of my first insight of like, okay, like maybe there's certain things that, you know, I should let other people do. Um, then I hired a coach and I, I just was like constantly looking over their shoulder and micromanaging to make sure everything was perfect. But the amount of great feedback I got from their clients told me that like, dude, you can like, you can let them be, you trained them. They they were a client of yours. Like they use your systems methods. There's really nothing bad that can happen here and they have access to you. So at a certain point you got to kind of just leap, you know, like people always ask like, what's the best way to get consistent? You just got to be fucking consistent. They're like, well then how do I do that? It's like, you, you just do it. Like there is no secret, right? Well, how do I get better at um, taking risk or starting things or beginning a journey? Thing? You just take action. How do I get better at speaking in front of crowds? You just speak in front of crowds. There's yeah, always a moment where the, the answer to you doing what you need to do is literally just, for lack of better terms, nutting up and doing it. It's just being like, like I, I had a mentor that always said, dude, man up and do it. And it's, there's no tactic. There's no hack. There's no strategy. And this goes for everybody. It's just literally just going, fuck. It's probably going to be uncomfortable. I might fall flat on my face. Um, kind of scared right now, but I'm just going to fucking do it. And you just do it, right? Um, and yeah, you could go, well, I want to get better at public speaking, so I'm going to start with a Facebook Live. Okay, cool. That, that is a great strategy. You know, maybe you go to improv. I did that too. Unbelievably embarrassing, but by the end of it, it's fun. scary as hell. Scary yeah. as hell. <laughs> But it works really well to get better at public speaking. Um, and then I also think you can read things that help. You know, like The E-Myth is amazing. That's a great book to show you like, hey, you you are just one piece of the puzzle. And unless you empower the other pieces, you're going to be playing all the roles. You're going to be the technician and the manager and the CEO, entrepreneur. And you don't want to do all those because then you're just moving very slow and inefficiently. And you're just unhappy. Um, mm-hmm. You got to separate yourself. Rocket Fuel is another great one that talks about the, um, basically there's the, the, uh, the visionary and then the integrator, the visionary is somebody like me. I'm creating the vision. I'm creating the movement. I'm getting the people to tribe and follow and, and crowd around and start this movement. I have the visions and the ideas, but I have people beneath me, not literally, but with me implementing and integrating and helping me create and bring them to life because I can't do enough of the visionary stuff and all the creation. I need help there. Um, and then another good book, The One Thing. You know, I've read that probably four or five times and just realizing like, what is your one thing? calendar and scheduling and organization is not my one thing. It's just not, you know, creating PDFs and the design behind pod. That's not my thing, but I can tell you exactly what that PDF needs to look like, what that infographic needs to look like, what the book layout is going to be, but I need somebody to bring the design to life. And that's like Mm -hmm. Travis. He's very, very good at that. But if I told him, I was like, Hey, can you make a post on reverse dieting? He'd be like, dude, what? I don't, (laughs) I'm literally like, dude, this here, this here, this text, you know what I mean? And then he can bring it to life and do what he needs to do to make it look the way it needs to look. So it's, it's really just recognizing your superpower, you know? Um, and then, and then letting, just take an action, just letting go of some shit and people will do it. And, you get to a certain point too, where you just can't, you realize you're like, okay, I just, I can't, can't like, I'm, do it all anymore. I'm already yeah. too busy. So I either, I either let go or I don't grow. And that's as simple yeah. as that. How'd you end up finding like your assistant and then the assistant coaches that work underneath you with the company and that sort of thing? Yeah. So, um, 
assistant was complete luck. I went to high school with her, but I never talked to her a day in my life. She was older than me. We just hang out with different crowds. Um, for lack of a better term, she was an A-plus student, ASB, really good. I was not that whatsoever, <laughs> different crowds. Um, and she was, she still is. Um, she's not my assistant anymore just because she had her third kid. And, and But uh, her husband is actually still my lifting partner, so they, he still comes in every day. Oh, nice. But he went to high school with me too. Never talked to him ever in my life. Um, <laughs> I was moving out of our apartment. So we moved into an apartment and then uh, found out we were having a baby very shortly after that. So we canceled our lease and bought a house and the moving truck literally came, grabbed a bunch of our shit and was going. I was like, all right, I got 30 minutes until they get back. I'm going to go get a quick lift in, in this little apartment gym that I had never stepped foot in. What do you know? Travis is walking, not the Travis media guy, a different guy is walking on the yeah. treadmill, listening to my podcast. I'm pretty sure. And starts talking to me. He's like, dude, no shit. Like we listen to your podcast. My wife loves it. Um, she's been trying to like start her journey, but you know, she's uh, on maternity leave cause we just had her second kid. I'm a teacher. So there's just no way. And I was like, dude, I've been looking for an assistant. You guys, I trust. I know who you are. All these people online that apply, just have a trust issue with because back then I just wouldn't let go of anything. Now I wouldn't. Now I find people online. It's way different. But back then I was just like, I was scared of it. Um, I was like, tell her I want to do coffee with her. So I met her for coffee. She was like, you coach me. I'll do your assistant work. I'm in. And then she was my assistant for like two or three years. And it was just like, just random, you know, um, coaches kind of same thing. Somebody, uh, reached out to me and was like, Hey, like I was working for this company and they're actually folding. They're not going to be a company anymore. Um, I'd love to be a part of what you're doing. And I was like, I need another coach. And so I brought her on and she killed it. She's no longer with us either. Same thing. Mom got real busy with kids and she just decided to part ways. Um, but that's kind of how every coach came on board. It was either a client of one of our coaches. It was somebody that I was coaching and somebody I mentored um, and uh, essentially bugged me. Like any person who filled the application to work for us, and we have hundreds of people that have, they poked me and bugged me and bugged me. And mm-hmm. I actually wait for that because I want somebody who's hungry, you know? That's it. Um, but yeah, and, and, and a big thing that I always tell people, um, and I think a lot of companies make the mistake of this, and the only reason I'm saying this is because you mentioned it, is none of them are my assistant coach. All of them are nutrition Fair. coaches. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah. I think, um, and it's and it's it's not, a, like there's a lot of companies who say like, oh, this is my assistant coach. But what that does is it puts me on a fucking pedestal and acts like I'm the shit. I have, I have coaches that have their master's degrees in, in sports nutrition. They have education levels way beyond me. Do I have more experience? Yeah, probably. I've been coaching for 11 years, but... It's, it's one of those things I always tell people with certain companies, like, don't call me your assistant coaches unless they're literally your assistant. Otherwise you're, you're not empowering them to be the best they can be. And you're putting a title on them that, that is, is to me belittled to the person watching. I'm like, no, my coaches are amazing. Like they're the shit and it takes a lot to work with us. So, um, but it's, it's really just been a lot of it serendipitous people. And I think this is the thing too, is be loud about what your mission is, man. I've been so loud about it and I've been so transparent and open and and communicative to people that the people who work for me, they came to me saying, I want to be a part of this. This is exactly how I feel. This is the same philosophy I roll with. This is the kind of movement I want to be a part of. What do I got to do? And a lot of them, I said, no. And I just wait to see if they would ask again, you know, and then eventually they keep asking. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Look, let's, let's start a mentorship. Let's do internship, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all. Yeah, that's awesome. And they, I mean, them poking you shows the same drive that you had in the beginning, essentially. You still have, like, but you're a very driven person. You know, you show up on stories every day. Now you got the quotes going. You used to have the uh, the walk and talks. So you're, you're always showing up for people and you're, you are allowed about what you're doing. It's good. We need more coaches like that in the industry for sure. Um, I don't want to keep you any longer because I know you have your five o'clock cutoff. I'm going to try to stick to my five o'clock cutoff too, <laughs> but I love it. And you already gave me a couple of books because I was going to always ask you about 
would love to ask about books. Um, I can give more. <laughs> I, mean, I know you mentioned a couple. So if you had to go one personal development and one fitness, and that can include training or nutrition or both, whatever it is. Yeah. What would you recommend for people? It's so hard because, you know, like what's on the top of my mind is always what I've read most recently. Like um, mm, I just read a book yeah. called Limitless. I wouldn't say it's the best personal development book I've ever read. But even just the speed reading aspect alone that I took away from it is already helping me so much. Um, I'm reading a book that I actually saw Stephanie Cohen post, and it's called uh, The Psychology of Money. Unbelievably oh, interesting. Yeah. Very, yeah, very interesting book. Yeah. But if I'm thinking like personal development, um, man, like it, it's so hard because I have so many for different reasons. Like The Alchemist has always been something that's been uh, an amazing book for me because it's, it kind of brings out that childlike inspiration and in, in dream chasing mentality in myself. Um, but then I think of like the go-giver and the go-giver is literally the way I want to be as a person. The leader who had no title is another one that just instills so much work ethic in you. Um, I, I love, uh, I love relentless and winning by Tim Grover. Cause it just, yeah. it just reminds me and like kind of slaps me in the face and is like, dude, like grind, like go. Do not stop, you know, so there's just, there's just so many, man. I think if I had to pick one, I probably would pick, uh, the leader who had no title. It's just my favorite story. I'm really big on stories. Like, I think they're the easiest ones to read. Uh, leader had no title, dream giver, go giver, energy bus, the monk who sold his Ferrari. They're all stories. Yeah. They're fiction, but they're so good. Whereas like limitless is facts. It's science about getting your brain to go faster, which is cool, but it's very dry. So you got to like yeah. really pay attention. Um, and then for fitness, I would say the most helpful books in my career have probably been the Muscle and Strength Pyramids. I mean, they just were so well-rounded. Um, but my favorite is probably Maximum Muscle Bible by Paul Carter in oh, Christian yeah, nice. Thibodeau. In Thibodeau, yeah. It's just a fun book. I mean, the way they break down so many different reps and set schemes, I think when it comes to getting creative with program design, it, there's nothing that matches that book. Because, you know, a lot of people, Muscle and Strength Pyramids are great. It gives you the science. It gives you a lot of understanding. But if you don't know how to make things exciting, fun, and challenging, people aren't going to stick with it. So, like, sure. blending those two kind of books together is is so valuable. I love it. Those are dope. Uh, definitely. Um, and I have yet to pick up winning. That's on my list. But Rolando's is, is one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, Tim Grover's delivery is awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is the part of the, the podcast where you can just, you know, plug yourself, what you got going on, if you have anything coming up, and where people can find you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um uh, I don't have anything coming up. We just coach, man. That's the, the, we just coach, coach, coach. So, uh, I got, uh, quite a few things. I mean, if you go to tailoredcoachingmethod.com, you'll find it all. Um, I post on Instagram every single day. Uh, the podcast is the tailored life podcast. The training app is the tailored trainer. And then obviously we coach, we got tons of free content. So if you're just somebody who just doesn't know who I am, you just want to learn and just get free stuff. I mean, we got guides, we have podcasts, we have videos, we have tons of blogs. There's just so much free content for people to learn from. So I would just go to the website, check that out and, and just start learning. Definitely. I'll link everything in the show notes for sure. But uh, no, man, thank you so much for taking the time. This is a great chat. Um, we'll have to do it again someday, hopefully in person or at a seminar or something down yeah. the road. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks, Louis.